It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me, yeah It's a new dawn, it's a new day New life for me. Yo, season four. My name's Karthik Raja. And I'm Zach. This is Pick and Pop, but finally, we're back to the pop. I'm feeling good. Yeah, so this is a separate episode just for the pop culture lovers. We're back. We're coming strong for this last season. We're... Where, um, so this is basically going to be like, what have we been, what content have we been consuming this summer? And so before we dive into the actual content, let's do a little bit of an overview. Where, what, what would you give on a, like an A, B, C, D, F, what would you give content this summer? TV, movies, music? Um, movies, like a D. It was a weak summer. Overall, obviously. overall, all content. Oh, all content? Uh, Jesus, I don't know. It's I guess a C because I don't remember C? too much. Oh man, nothing really. For me, movies was such a big dictator of pop culture. No, wait, what albums came out? Four, four, four was good. We'll get to albums later. I don't know. Nothing's really jumping out C? at me. I, I I'd probably give it a solid B. B. There there was like music I liked, not music I necessarily was like in love with. There were um, movies I enjoyed, not a ton that I would really like think about years from now. And then there was just like good books, but they weren't necessarily books that came out this summer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a little split on it. Yeah. In in defense of the summer, for like half the summer, I was completely out of the loop of whatever was going on in That's the world. That's fair. Yeah. What I am really tired of though is I'm so tired of think pieces that are like movies are dead. It's yeah. the worst. And like the whole idea, like summer movies are dead. It's the worst kind of think piece out there. It requires no thought. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty much the it's requirement inherent, of a think piece these days to them. um but yeah i just it to me people are always going to want to watch movies maybe the way they consume them changes um and then just because like we have this traditional mindset of summer blockbusters i just think that model is changing we don't necessarily need the summer to watch these big spectacular movies as you can see with like star wars being like a christmas movie when that was really that fits more into the summer blockbuster mold oh yeah for sure and uh, Labor Day, ticket sales were the lowest since 2011. That's crazy. That's fine. I, I think it just matters I mean, not more. 2011, 2001. Yeah, I also think that's fine. It's just like, were there any very good movies No, all, all the studios just sat out Labor Day. Yeah, they're just like, eh, there's not, we don't have good movies right now. So people didn't go see them. If all there right. had been good movies, people would have seen them. All right, so our, the faux intellectuals that we are, let's start with... Top four books because it's season four. What are four books you read this summer? I did not read four books this summer, oh, I think. My bad. Uh, well, you just flamed me out. On <laughs> yeah, this. my bad on um, that one. I did. I have read a uh, few books this summer. Um, one of them was uh, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Famous. I'm actually still working on it. I'm like two-thirds of the way done with that book. But I'll count it. like that, it. It's good. It's interesting. That, what's it about again? It's about um, a man who goes on a road trip. Is is he like that rich kid who like denounces his whole life and just leaves and goes traveling across America? Am I thinking about the right one? Uh, I don't think so. It's like Beatnik. Oh, generation. I think I'm thinking about Into the Wild. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Beatnik Generation stuff. Um, really interesting, really well written. Um, but the book that I want to talk about is Hyperion. And this book was written in 1991, I think, it's by Dan Simmons. Um, and I'm ready to declare this book and its and its um, sequel. Hyperbole alert. 
hyperbole alert. Just getting you guys ready. It is a hyperbole alert. Maybe. I, no, it's not. It's not a hyperbole alert. It's the best book I've ever read. And it's the best set. And it's really, you can't talk about Hyperion without its sequel, The Fall of Hyperion. They are. Yeah, that just spoiled what happens to Hyperion. It doesn't spoil it at all. <laughs> Um, there's there's four books in this series. There's two sets of two. They take place about 300 years apart. Sci-fi series. Um, basic premise of uh, of Hyperion is there are um, seven pilgrims who go on this um, trek to go visit the Shrike, which is this like mythical creature um, who's kind of like made of like swords essentially, and he's like from the future. But they don't know if he really exists. And the only reason they're going there is this is like this sci. It's a sci-fi story that takes place 700 years from now. And AI, artificial intelligence, can predict 98% or something like that of all human human actions. And the one thing they can't predict is the planet Hyperion, where this mythical figure exists. So there's this impending war. People aren't sure which side's going to win because they don't know about the Hyperion variable. So they send this pilgrimage just in case to try and figure it out. And it's told through a series of uh, basically novellas of each of these different characters and what led them to go on this journey. Um it's a beautiful story. It really it, it explores the intersection of artificial intelligence and just uh, technology and the way humans use technology, uh, and it compares that and creates and it, um, creates that it uses that as a metaphor for religion. Um, and it uses and it talks about this intersection of religion and belief and um, and, and technology, and it wraps this all up with uh, there's a, a famous poet from the 1800s named John Keats. Um, who died before he ever finished his sets of novels. And Hyperion is also kind of um, metaphorically the ending of his poetry. Um, incredible story. Uh, it's, you, you, it takes about a third of the way to get really engrossed after that. You fly through the first one, and you have to read the second one. A third of the way? That's such a huge commitment. Not really. A third it's of like a 100 book. pages, 100, 150 pages. And you're in. That's and such it's like, a it's good. Fame. It's good up. It's good up until then. Oh, okay. It's not like bad. It's yeah. good. It's just a little slower. Yeah. And then it really just picks up fast. It doesn't it really like yeah, take and off into it, its full like final form. Exactly. Because you just it's contextualizing what the story is going to be. Mm-hmm. All these little stories do. So after you have three stories of background knowledge, there's less explaining of the world and more just what's happening in that story. Um, it blew me away. Um, it. I can't speak. I've, I think I've recommended this book to every person I've had a conversation with longer than five minutes this summer, which is why I had to put it on a podcast. It's yeah, we're incredible. at we're at six minutes twenty seconds, so it's yeah. longer than five minutes. Yeah, that's the only book. If you need a book, read that one. It's mm, I love it. Nice. What was the best book you read, Karthik? Um, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't read the best book of my life. Uh, though one of my favorite books of all time, Man's Search for Meaning. That's not like a novel or anything, but it's a really good book. If you're looking for some super insightful stuff, check yeah, it out. Karthik's all about the nonfiction, and I only actually want to, no, I love fiction. I only want to read sci-fi. See, and I love fantasy. fiction, but I'm I really like this idea of like self-improvement, and I think smart people read nonfiction, and I want to emulate smart people because I'm not smart, but I like pretending to act like they do. See, I also think smart, creative people read fiction. See, see, but I agree, and I enjoy fiction. I can read fiction a lot easier. But okay. it's like something Chris Bosch once said. He's like. I wanted to learn Spanish because I feel like smart people learn multiple languages. So I want to do what they do. That's what I try and do with. I also enjoy historical biographies a ton. Really? Yeah. Yeah, a ton. I've, I want to be into biographies. I really do. I like the idea of biographies. I like the idea of learning from incredible people. But yeah. 
hard for me to pick up a biography. Yeah, presidential biographies, I love learning like lessons from them, inspiration from there's them. There's a, uh, not to plug another podcast, but there's a podcast that goes, it was leading up to the election um, last year. Talking about year. keeping it 1600? No. no. There, but uh, it was leading up to that election, and they went through every president, and they did an hour on the history, the context, the impact of every president we've ever had. What's it called? Don't know. Are you serious? This actually sounds super interesting. Uh, my my girlfriend uh, listened to it, and she she literally told me all of them, but I, I'm not sure what it is. We'll, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Yo, if we're plugging presidential historians, shout out H.W. Brands, teacher here at campus. He dropped a Ronald Reagan biography. That one's really good. He's He got actually once got invited to the White House to have dinner with Obama, him and a couple other presidential historians to teach Obama history. Dang, that's neat. Yeah. Um, but also, his Twitter account, for the last like three years, he's been doing a haiku, a Twitter haiku. It's like every day, right? Yeah, of every day, a different haiku of American history. I think he's almost done. Yeah, because he started with like Columbus, right? Yeah, and yeah. He started with the, the founding of America. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. That's cool. I followed it. Pretty good haikus. He's good. He's a cool guy. Shout out to HW Brands. Um, but so books I did read, speaking of fiction, I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the first time. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, did you, did it live up to the hype? I think his writing style is not necessarily my favorite, but I think his world building is, you know, unparalleled. He created three different languages. I'm not big into the whole song thing. So I kept skipping the songs, which is like what I do in Bollywood movies too. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, his writing style doesn't necessarily click with me. Obviously, the story is super unique, and uh, a lot of things have derived off of that. The languages that he created, back histories are insane. But it was just something I wanted to see. It's like such a pivotal work in fiction writing. And I'm taking a creative writing course this year, uh, uh, this semester, so I want to kind of understand like what's plot development, what's char- like world building. So that was cool. Um, I reread The Warriors Air, like the Air series i don't is know is that if the one that. of the cats that fight each other no no what the no no i know what you're talking about though i know <laughs> what you're warriors. talking about oh I, i've read those books but no it's not that no okay. it's not about cats no it's uh pretty much just like you know the idea of like magician like wizards warriors all that stuff in modern day context and so it's it's cool it's got like some political like was it fiction yeah it's fiction and it's just like wizards are like there's like very strong political motivations behind them and they're like more oppressive to the other they call them like under guilds and stuff like that. It was cool. I definitely recommend it. It was cool. that that sounds up my alley. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I reread that series, reread another fiction series by the same writer. Uh read Profiles in Courage for the first time, which is by my favorite president, Jack Kennedy, back when he was a junior senator from Massachusetts. And it's a story of eight different senators in American history who made politically courageous decisions even though it was uh, like politically unpopular at the time and it just breaks down just these like really incredible guys who stood by their convictions over everything and some of them was like it wasn't even necessarily that they were right or anything like that like one of them was uh actually yeah you guys can read it it's a great especially in this time whenever you it is very easy to get like down on politics and stuff like that and i think everybody's just out for their own it's really cool to read these stories of like very selfless decisions or like guys who were willing to because for a politician like the number one thought is always re-election right, that, right. that's a general belief and these guys sacrificed their political careers for what they believed was right and a lot of them you know they died without realizing they were right in the end and that was really cool for me uh and i'm currently reading this book called the greatest salesman in the world only reason i bought it matthew mcconaughey said it changed his life 
if you read it exactly how you're supposed to, it'll take exactly 300 days to finish because you have to read one chapter three times a day for 30 days, then the next chapter three times a day for 30 days. I finished chapter one four days, three days from now. I'm hyped. Have you kept up with it? Yes, three That's times impressive. a day for 30 days. That's really I'm hard. hyped. Yeah, no, it was tough. Is your take on this first chapter different now than it was 12 days ago? I would say it gets – the first chapter is more about learning – it's not. It's less about teaching your principle. The other chapters have an individual principle. First chapter is about getting into the mentality of self-discipline and like getting ready to learn the other principles. So it's like it, I've gotten really, really excited about like starting that next chapter. Like I haven't peeked ahead or anything like that. And so I'm really excited. Like yo, let's see. Like I'm ready for this principle. And so that's really cool. And then I am currently reading, uh, what do you call it? The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. That's such a tough read for me. Yeah, that's it, long. Yeah, it's also it's just like you really have to use your critical reading skills on that. But it's it's extremely fascinating. The guy was a genius. That is awesome. It's just a tough, tough read. That, I think that's a tough book to recommend people. To. Yeah, no, I mean I'm working slowly. It's tough. It's good though. It's really, really good. Like it's fascinating. But yeah, that's my my book stuff. Yeah, that that was more than four books, Carthay. Maybe you should share a little bit. I'll read one of yours. Um, I'm just kidding. I have here. I, you I need you, to finish Hyperion. You you're definitely going to carry us on albums. Um, yeah. Let's let's move into a more modern medium because no one reads books anymore. Uh, and let's talk about music. Um, what you 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 mentioned it earlier. Uh, so we won't bury the lead too much. 444. What are your thoughts? So do you call it 444? I call it 444. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't even listened to the album. I'm a fraud, and so I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, I actually really, really liked it. Uh, I thought this was way better than Magna Carta. This was definitely the most emotionally vulnerable Jay-Z's been on an album. Story of OJ is such a sick song. Great video, too. Yeah, oh, yeah phenomenal video. I liked that he had no ID, produced the entire album, so he got a really cohesive sound across it. Uh, Story of OJ is my favorite song. 444 is obviously the centerpiece of the entire album. It's the most emotionally vulnerable song Jay-Z's ever done. That sample that they use and they play throughout the entire song is actually not from a well-known artist. Like, she teaches music at a university still. She's not like a full-blown, like, rock star or anything. She just tours on the weekends and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how he found it. Was that... There was a, um... There was a woman from NYU. I think her name was Maggie Rogers. And uh, I believe it was Jay Z went and spoke at NYU, and she like came and like sang for him, and he like signed her on the spot. Oh, that's and crazy. she's like an up and coming artist. No, no, this this is some woman in England. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, four forty four. The only thing I'll say is when Jay Z gets vulnerable, I get skeptical. Like he's taught us this whole time, like his whole persona is like I'm playing you, I sell like I sucker everybody. Like everybody's a sap. I'm just a heartless, you know, SOB who only cares about money and making money. And so it was really skeptical. It was so hard for me to buy in 100%, especially because originally it was only on title. So like my thought was like, right. oh, this dude's like going, he's just trying to get me to sign up for title, you know. It, it, but then he put it on Apple Music as well. And so I had that like, even like you know, it's more. It's a bit more than what I thought. It, it, there's some. You don't talk about the stuff he talked about on this album and not at least have some level of sincerity behind it. Like, I, I, it, it seems sincere to me. His mother came out. Even his mother came out on one of his songs. Really? Like she was, she's lesbian. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Also, quick revision. It was Pharrell 
not Jay-Z that found this girl. Oh, okay. Um, but still, cool story. But yeah, no, I really liked 444. That's probably the best stuff Jay-Z's done in a while. Um, I would say my favorite album of the summer uh, was uh, Scissors Control. Uh, Scissors spelled S-C-A, Control spelled C-T-R-L. Um, Welcome to the future. Yep. <laughs> we don't need vowels. It's 20 other than A's in uh, 2017. Uh, but it was beautiful, man. Why is it so hard to accept the party is over? You came with your new friends and her mom jeans and her new friends and she's perfect and I hate it. Oh, so glad you made it. I'm so glad you could come back. Somebody get the tacos. Somebody spark the it, it went all over the place. She's kind of that new age R&B pop rap singer who kind of, she is, it's very melodic, but it's over rap style beats. Um, she's uh, a member of TDE, so Kendrick feature, Isaiah Rashad feature. Um, Travis was on one song, but he's not TDE. Yeah, yeah. Travis Scott was on a great song, Love Galore. Um, yeah, that was probably, it's probably been the album I've listened to still. I still, it came out in June. I'm still listening to it. Um, it's one of those albums where every time you listen to it, you come away with like a new favorite song because um, each of them is unique, but still kind of cohesively works together. Um and she, it's kind of blown her up at this point. She, I, I think she has potential to be. I don't know if she's necessarily a pop star style of like Rihanna. Uh, and you have to make that ones. decision. Yeah, too, you do. As an you artist. do. But I think she has. Uh, I mean, so a lot of the criticism of her um, earlier in her career, but on her first couple projects, was that her songwriting was too dense, and so she would try and get too kind of highfalutin with it, and people were just like, I don't want to. Trying to open this. that third eye. Mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> uh, and she found that nice balance between songwriting and just like letting the song kind of exist. And this album is incredible. Highly recommend it if anyone hasn't listened to it yet. Another album that I don't think probably gets as much love, Sampha's Process. I listened to Sampha's. It was great. It was I phenomenal. I haven't visited it much. Yeah, it's a phenomenal album. I really liked it. I did not expect to be that big i only knew about him because he's had features on like kanye and Pusha t and stuff like that right so that's the first time i ever listened to his actual own work and that was awesome did you uh did you listen to uh tyler the creator's flower boy I listened to some of it. It came out while I was in India, so whenever you miss that initial like release and right. stuff, it, it's harder. I really liked November. Yeah, the whole that was probably the most vulnerable album I've ever. One of the most vulnerable albums I've ever listened to. Dude, vulnerable rap. It's in. It, oh, it's super it's all, in. It's all Drake, uh, bro. <laughs> he, he, but I mean, he has a whole song. It'll come to me which one it was. Garden in a Shed. I mean, Garden Shed is one. Totally, it's just a metaphor for being gay. Yeah. Um, and coming out of the closet. There's another one. It's uh, Mr. Lonely, I think. And I don't want Mr. Lonely. Yeah. And the whole last verse is just talking about how, like, no matter what image he portrays, he's really sad and depressed, and he has these like darker emotions. He feels lonely. He feels like people don't think about him. He feels like people aren't don't care about him. And to, like put that in a song, and like the way he did, and integrate that kind of thematically throughout the album was. I, I, it's just normally artists of this magnitude don't do that. Especially Tyler, the creator, the guy who got famous for just being saying absurd, nasty, terrible things. Yeah, he pretty much just wanted to figure out the best, most provocative statements he could possibly make. Yeah, and now he's kind of going in this this totally mature. other direction. Yeah, yeah he, he got mature. older. Yeah, and I it was, it's one of the, I still find that to be one of the most creative albums I've heard this year. I didn't um, like who that boy. 
I didn't like it. Who that boy's grown on me. I didn't like it at first either. But, Who that boy? But Who uh, that is the the video made me really like it a lot more. Oh, I haven't seen. The I'm video. I'm all in on ASAP features. Dude, I like okay. when ASAP. Comes I want on. I want Rocky to drop an album. I need it's more coming. Rocky. I need I mean, more Rocky. They they came out with the uh, ASAP Mob. I don't like ASAP Mob. I don't really cozy uh, tapes volume two. Yeah, I didn't listen to that yeah, too much. Yeah, I, I liked some of the songs on volume one, but by the way, Rocky is doing exactly what I would want to do if I was a rapper. Like, not rap. Like just live whatever you want to do. Like yo, I'm gonna drop a song here. I'll probably drop an album every once in a while. But catch me a fashion week. Catch me in the movies. Catch me doing like yeah. Yeah, I designed that entire line. I'm I'm just rapping. I'm going on tour with my boys. We're kicking um, it. A Another album I think we should talk about is Drake. I mean, no. Uh, yeah, Drake. Drake so speaks for himself at this um, point, anyway. Lil Uzi Vert's was great. I don't have too much to say about it. Love is Rage Two is Lil. He Lil Uzi Vert is not, will not ever be Lil Wayne, and nor will he ever. Nobody be will a, be or, Wayne, right? Or, or no, but I mean, that's who he's probably most often compared to. Um, he won't ever be that level of artist. He's not that creative. But he's so good. And this album reflects that, and it's the best parts about Lil Uzi Vert. Um, what's, that's probably what's, been the most Give me like two I've songs had. to listen off of. Uh, <laughs> 444 plus 222. Wait, are you um, serious? That's a song? Yeah, it's a song. Oh. 666. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that song is. I like it. That song is wild. It's pretty hype. Um, so you kind of that, you have that on one side, uh, and it's a. Um, he just kind of says the same thing over and over and over again. Um, do you remember Gucci Mane's song, Finesse the Plug? Yes. It's like that, where it's just hypnotic over and over again, um, but kind of a rage hypnotic. Um, the the really good album, or the other really good song is he has a song with Pharrell called Neon Guts, and it's just the vibiest song to come out in forever. Um, but uh, those are probably the two songs that I, I recommend. Those are the, I definitely recommend that album. Um, interestingly enough, though, you know what's the album I've listened to the most this year? Shoot. Go. Yeah. Blonde. Blonde? I don't. Still. I didn't listen to it that much, actually. Really? Oh man. Channel Orange got way more spins for me. I still think Nostalgia Ultra might be some of his best work. I love both of those. I I have listened to Frank Ocean's Blonde at least one full time through, like every week this summer. You know what? If you look through my playlist, I would imagine the Hamilton soundtrack still is number one for me. Really? I love the Hamilton soundtrack. Hamilton's great. It's awesome. Uh, I never got that into it, but it's just it raps too fast for me, so I can't keep up. Dude, and I just always check wait, out. You can't there's keep, too much. You can't keep there's up. too much history. Oh, because you have to follow the story. Yeah, yeah. Dude, and I just I check love out. It. It's like everything. I love rap. I love American history. I love immigrants doing cool things. Dude, by the way, the biography proves the the play undershot how much he did. The dude was insanely talented, like ridiculously. Like Hamilton. The, yeah, the biography. Uh, the play. Or Manuel Miranda. No, no, uh, Hamilton. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah, they're the same guy. <laughs> oh yeah, so actually, two songs you should check out on Sanfas. I like, I really like "Blood on Me" and I like, uh, what is it? No one knows me like the, uh, like the piano in my mother's oh, room. Beautiful. Or whatever. Yeah. All beautiful right. Beautiful song. Two, give me uh, two great songs. Great sequitur, but give me two songs off of the Control album. Control album. Um, probably my two favorite songs are uh, Drew Barrymore and Gogina. Okay, cool. Those are the two you should listen to. Yeah, I like this idea of us giving out, like, yo, if you want to check out this album, two songs, these are songs. Two Gogina songs. and Drew Barrymore. Those All are right. the two most fun songs. Um, I don't know if that's four albums so far. That's but four albums. Yeah, it's four albums. Uh, let's jump into movies. Have you, have no, you wait, seen... Before we move over, oh, by the sorry, way, Wyclef Jean, that music video, the Young Thug uh, song. Stupid. 
fantastic music video. Cool music video, stupid. Dude, f- phenomenal music video. Also, stupid one of v- situation. One of VMA and Young Thug didn't even know it was nominated. Yeah. Is a video that he was supposed to show up to that he never even showed up. For. And it was a great video because of it. Yeah, and then it's just. And yeah, it's just he was on Twitter. He, and it's like, he just shouldn't get credit for it. That's my issue. It's, it's his like, song. It's like, why wouldn't you give bleh, credit to an artist bleh, for like their song? They don't always direct them. I mean, Nobody directs their music video. Yeah, he wasn't even in the music video. Dude, it was dope. He even, I mean, Kanye wasn't in the fade music video. Yeah, but he also he had, wasn't supposed to be in the music yeah, video. <laughs> He had, like, artistic direction <laughs> to it. Um, hey, dude, the, the little driving cars, that was Young Thug. The cop car, that was Young Thug. The, like the, look, you're talking about the idea of the music video? Yeah, yeah. See, I don't even know if I believe that. I feel like someone is just like, yo, Young Thug, you like these ideas? And he's just like, yeah. No, they had a little, they had the voice recording, like, of him explaining oh, his yeah, vision. Did. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think Thug should get credit. I just love that somebody had to tell him on Twitter that he was nominated, let alone that he won. It's ridiculous. Um... But yeah, that, like we already mentioned this, not a great year for movies, but there were still a couple well, actually, we're seeing. We're, so we're talking about movies this summer, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was summer. a week summer movie schedule, yeah, even overall, I guess. Yeah. But uh, summer movies, all right, give me a couple. Um, we'll do, you do two, I'll do two. Okay. Um, I think my two favorite movies this summer, uh, other than two of my favorite movies this summer, were The War for the Planet of the Apes and Baby Driver. Two action movies, really. Two true blue-blooded action movies. Very different, but action movies to their core. And I'm not really a big action movie person, so the fact that like I came away from the summer and I was like, man, action movies are pretty good. Um, testament to those movies That's and why, a indictment on the summer. That's why Fate of the Furious made your top four? What? I, I haven't even heard of that movie because I don't care. <laughs> um, but no, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, the first two acts of the movie were excellent. The first, especially the first like third of it, blew me away. I was entranced. I loved it. It was just cool. Like it was monkeys riding horses shooting like machine guns. I'm in for that. <laughs> uh, not monkeys, apes. I'm sorry. Um, but it was it was super fun. It was like it was like a western. It was like an old western. So it was kind of cool. They're like you know their their house gets attacked and then they have to go out to go you know find the enemy and try and infiltrate them. Um, Third act kind of falls apart. Uh, I'm just assuming. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Do you yeah. want me to spoil? I won't spoil War of the Planet of the Apes if you don't want me to. All right. Listen, this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler um, alert. It's not. I mean, fine. But there were uh, two moments in the movie that were just stupid. One of them was um, they uh, – so in order to, so all the monkeys are in like these ca- or apes, apes. I'm sorry, are in these cages, and it's like a concentration camp for apes. And so their plan to get them out is like sneak in at night. And what they do is they go and they're like one guy watching. They have like a thousand, they have like 500 apes. They have one dude watching all these <laughs> apes. They come in, beat up this ape, beat up this guy, replace him, break out. Wait, wait, what do you mean ape. replace him? They put a, an ape in his no, suit. No, they just knocked him down. Oh, okay. And just tied him up. Uh, and then they free all of the apes, and it's like, yeah, I get it. It's like 2 a.m. There are people awake still. You see them in the background, and just no one notices all the apes going missing. It's so ridiculous. So inevitably, right, all the apes get away. There's a big battle, and in this battle, um, Caesar, who is the main ape, the main character, gets shot. Um, 
and he's like, oh man, this hurts. Um, but he still escapes, and he escapes to all the other, all his other friends, and they start heading away. Humanity has basically killed off other humans, and they're going away from this. And Caesar knows he's been shot because he's like, ouch, I hurt. And he rides his horse for five days, <laughs> tells nobody about this injury. They get to this oasis in a desert, and it's beautiful. His son runs off to go jump in this lake. They're so happy. They're like, we finally found freedom. And he dies. <laughs> and I, I was just sitting there like, what? Are you kidding? He, he has to die from that? Like, they couldn't have treated their leader before they go on this five-day trek. It's oh, unreal. You weren't joking about uh, this being a spoiler alert. Yeah, no, it's for sure. It is the end of the movie. <laughs> it is the climax. And it is so dumb. And it made me so upset because other than those two decisions – the movie was excellent, and it was so. I would still recommend seeing it in spite of that horrible oversight. But I remember when I I came out of that movie, and I was just like, I have to just like angrily like yell about this. I'm so annoyed about these choices. So let me record a podcast exactly. three weeks later, like two months. Two later. months later. But, um, yeah, War for the Planet of the Apes. Still one of the. I mean, kind of shows the state of the movies this summer. Guess movie industry's falling apart. Um, is the movie industry dead? Here are our take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other good movie that I saw uh, that I really loved was Baby Driver. Um, Baby Driver, just any movie that has that kind of like offbeat, like work quirky uh, aesthetic and vibe, I'm I'm a sucker for it. Um, but that, you weren't a fan of Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky was bad. Um, Logan Lucky had I no. That was funny. It had a. It was literally like a Wikipedia page for like a heist. It like it was just like yeah they did this 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 and they're done, and like I even felt like the jokes were I don't know I thought it was I, like, I thought I thought it was a like terrible Miles Teller for, or no, excuse me um, Daniel Craig, uh, no Adam Driver Adam Driver Miles Teller Adam Driver same person I thought it was a terrible Adam Driver Adam Driver uh, Miles Teller wishes he had Adam Driver's yeah, career with his Star Wars franchise <laughs> um, yeah it was just he tried to play it really dry and it didn't really work in my opinion um, but Baby Driver did work best at car chase scenes i've ever seen in a movie dude that opening um, scene when he does a little flip around with the red car through those like yes. 16 wheelers that was insane that was a like car chases have been so played out there's only so much you can do with it yeah and the fact that they did that creative of a, a shot was so cool and, and with the music uh yeah. him dancing in the car while he's doing all of this him being named baby um it's it's it was a for fun me, movie. it felt it like a music fun. video it felt it was, like a really it, was, it, was it felt like, like an hour video. and a half like super fun music video yep I, I really enjoyed that movie. That's probably my favorite movie from the whole summer. Okay. Uh, two movies I really enjoyed. I loved the Spider-Man movie. I thought they did a great job on the reboot. They were like, yo, watch Peter Parker get bit by a spider. Watch Peter Parker do this. Uh, no, it was just like, he's super quirky. I feel like they got the, the character is very likable. I didn't like Tobey Maguire as an actor. Like, I just <laughs> didn't like him. Like, he had a face that just yelled, like, don't like me. Yeah, fair. But Holland... He did a phenomenal job. The jokes were on point. Uh, they did a good job of weaving in the Marvel universe. I heard they kept pushing. the stakes relatively low too. They did. They did. They weren't like, yo, he's going to be sent. It's like, no, this is a kid who lives in the city and he's not like dealing with anything crazy major. Also, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I love that they keep the biggest twist. They hide it because of a race. Should I... Because I said spoiler alert, can I talk about it? You you could, but I still want to see okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'd rather you do. Yeah, I just love even that though, they're like... Even though I ruined War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, I just love that they're like, yo, they'll never see this one coming. <laughs> it was, oh, but um, 
That was really good, and I really like Dunkirk. Dunkirk was... Oh, man. We're just going to leave out... We're going to have to do a bonus fifth movie. Yeah, for Big Sick. Yeah, Yeah, I think we'll both talk about Big Sick. That's why. Uh, Dunkirk was very much in the Saving Private Ryan mold of, like, war is really terrible and this sucks. And honestly, it was cool because there wasn't much dialogue, or else it didn't feel like there was much dialogue. It was just a super intense movie. And it was just these, you know, by now you've probably seen the trailers, guys trying to get off the beach from Dunkirk and stuff, but... It was like the main characters. Didn't, oh, by the way, Harry Styles killed it. Harry Styles can act. Yeah, that's what I heard. I also didn't see Kung Dunkirk. I'm, I just, I kind of have a a rule that I'm not gonna see a war movie unless it has apes in it. <laughs> yeah. So it needs something. It Bonus needs, points if there's automatic weapons. <laughs> yeah, it it needs it needs something like that for me to go see a war movie. Uh, okay. Um. So I guess we'll just do a quick. A little two minutes on Big Sick. Yeah, what were your thoughts on Big Sick? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting little storyline. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a fun – and in a weak smart. summer – Also yeah, a really yeah. smart movie. Yeah, in a weak summer, it was a good time for it to release. You know, it was based on a true story, which is crazy. Uh, is Kamel a star now? No. Will he be – his profile is way higher now. Yeah, for He's sure. He's also all over political Twitter. Yeah, I think everybody – I think life is all over That's political fair. Twitter. When your president's like – Breaking policy news by Twitter. Every, everything is political now. That's fair. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was cool. Uh, it's also it's interesting to me. It's like having seen you know like the Hassan Minaj uh, Netflix special and then this like being you know like Indian from that whole Pakistani Indian culture. It's like I get an extra level of appreciation for it. Right. And so I really enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, it's been a big year. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, we're coming. I'm telling you right now, Kings killed in the draft. We're coming. I love Kings killed. Off draft. season. Zach Collins at ten. Zach Collins didn't go to them. Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh, they, no. They, they got um, oh, they, uh, Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Yeah. Oh, they could have just grabbed Malik Monk though. They could have, and I agree that's what they should have done. But as long as you got De'Aaron Fox, I like Harry Giles win. though. I like yeah. Harry Giles a lot. Yeah. I wonder why. What school did he go to again? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I, I think he. I think he's the type of guy at twenty. You're taking a bet on upside. Yeah. Yeah. Our our boys are coming though, dude. I'm telling you. I went, oh, KD was in India, same time as me this summer. Dude, and he loved it. Yeah, he loved it. Also, I only set the record on one of the Papa shots in the mall, in the arcade. Not both of them. One of them. Oh, man, that means there's a little Indian ringer out yeah, there. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping, dude. Because I, I always get depressed whenever, like, randomly the only place I ever go to arcades is in India. You know, burn some time. Go to the Papa shot. I see if I set the record. If I set the record, I get sad because I'm trash and I shouldn't be setting records on Papa shots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm surprised they even have Papa Shots over yeah, there. No, they do. Arcades are still pretty big in India. Really? Day. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger than America. Learn something every day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's movies, dawn, that's music, that's books. It's a new day. So, uh, hey, you learn something every episode. Yeah. No. Um, for me. yeah cool. Yeah, this has been our cultural wrap up. Welcome to season four. For me. All right, we'll be back soon. Thank y'all for listening. Yo. My name's Carlos Garaja. I'm Zach. Peace. Good night. God bless